and I told you last week that if you're going to be unstuck in your finances, it begins with trust. Amen. Uh, you have to trust someone bigger than you. Uh, so if you have your, have your Bibles, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 3. We're gonna, I told you we was going to come back here, right? And, uh, and then next week, I, I believe it's our family and friends. I have a message for that. And then we're getting ready to go into our new series after that. Amen? But I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 3 uh, because I, I want to, I, I, I did, I, I mean, did I do unstuck in your thinking? I did that, right? Amen. I think my last message in this series will be unstuck in your faith. Because a lot of us struggle with our faith. Maybe you're stuck at one point in your faith journey, right? Or maybe you're stuck at one point in your finances. Uh, Maybe you want to get through, get past where you are. I believe the formula is here today. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, if you stand for the reading of God's Word, Proverbs chapter 3. We did verses uh, 3... I'm sorry, verses 5 and 6 last week, right? I want to jump down to verse 9. Verse 9. And look what it says. It says, honor the Lord from your wealth. See that? You got to have it in order to honor him, right? Honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first of all your produce. Verse 10, so your barns will be what? Your barns will be what? Filled with what? My gosh. And your vats will overflow with new wine. I want to talk about this morning unstuck in your finances. Amen. I want to talk about the right attitude. The right attitude. Amen. The right attitude about giving. The right attitude about giving. This tax season came as a surprise to many. For many that favored the Trump tax bill, they had a rude awakening. Many people who thought that they were going to get a big return are actually owing the IRS more than they had ever owed before. Uh, So many times when it comes to our finances, we trust a system that will fail us every time. Do I have anybody? This may sound strange. (laughs) And this may sound repetitive, unbelievable, or even absurd. But the truth is, there's only one way to become unstuck in your finances. And that is God's way. I believe that you can try everything, you name it, budgeting, balancing, envelope system, whatever you want to try. But if God is not included, 
in your finances, it will never work. I believe that it's God's way or no way. I believe that. I believe that because I've lived that. I believe that because I've seen, amen, people come from the bottom to the top. Because they made the choice to trust God with their finances. How many of you have tried it your way? (laughs) How many of you want to get unstuck financially? Amen. How many of you can honestly say I've tried and I've tried... And I've tried, but I keep going right back to the beginning. Anybody with me? Amen. You want to know a person's love, look at their checkbook. Or their debit statement. Amen. You want to know where a person really is with money, look at how they manage it. Amen. This message is not designed for you to give to the church. This has nothing to to do with you giving to the church. But it has everything to do with God's principle of helping you and I become unstuck. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being stuck financially. Amen. I've, I've counseled people. I've helped people throughout the years who have... Given, and they have given, but yet they say, Pastor, I don't see anything happening in my life. Anybody ever been there? Amen. But I want to tell you something. There is a principle. There are principles in God's word that helps us to understand that there's only one way to do it, and that's God's way. Do I have anybody? Last week I told you that it begins with trust. The writer of Proverbs tells us that the only way to handle resources is through wisdom. If you don't possess wisdom, it's going to be very difficult for you to handle what God places in your hands. How many know that everything you have came from God? The Bible says the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, and they that dwell in it. In other words, God owns everything. In everything that pertains to God, it starts with trust. Amen. You cannot be suspicious about God. Amen. About giving, about trusting God with your finances, as I told you last week, and believe that God is going to open the same hands and bless you. So many of us are suspect about God's kingdom. They're suspect about giving. Amen. I told you last week that you ought to seek wisdom from God's word to steward your finances. In other words, understanding who you are. You're not an owner, you're a steward. We are not owners. We own nothing on this earth. Amen. Try to take it with you. Amen. We're going to have to sell some of that stuff to buy your casket. Come on, say amen. Amen. 
That's the truth. Amen. Seriously, if you don't have a life insurance, then we're going to have to go get us a GoFundMe page. And we're going to do all this stuff because you spent all your money on living. Hello, somebody. And not stewarding. A steward is one who manages, watch this, the goods of another. So in other words, every time I get paid, God is trusting me, amen, with what's his and so that I can manage what's his. Uh, That house you live in, that car you drive. Whatever you have belongs to God and God entrusts you because as you display good stewardship in your life, it causes an unbeliever to ask the question, what are you doing? Isn't it amazing how we as believers are more envious of the, come on, help me somebody, of those who are not saved? We're peeking in everybody else's back door and wondering how they're doing it and they're not even saved. They don't give a dime to the church. But what they're doing is they are being good stewards. That's all they're doing. And if you and I were to apply the same principles to our finances, we can become unstuck. Tell your neighbor, unstuck. Unstuck. Told you last week, stop leaving God out of your financial decisions. Stop leaving them out because here's the thing. Whenever you make a decision to do something, you consult God, you pray about it. God, is this the right house for us? Is this the right home for us? Is this the right car? These are the things that we leave God out of and God is intricately interested in those things in your life. God wants to help you and I financially. I believe this. I'm not a prosperity preacher, so I don't believe I can put my hand and name it and claim it. But I do believe whatever God puts in my hands, it's a responsibility on my part to trust him. Hallelujah to his holy name. To trust him and then to steward it in such a way that it brings glory to him. Do you know what it means to bring glory to God? It means to make him shine. Glad you asked. Amen. It means to make God shine. So here's the thing. As you do well, God looks good. Come on, somebody. As you do well, God looks good. And here's the thing. And then when you declare to the world, hey, God blessed me. God gave me this, right? Guess what happens? Then God, watch this. Then God has to continue. I wouldn't say he has to. But watch this, as you steward the things that he has given you, guess what? It makes him look good, but it proves to a dying world that God is real. How did, how does God pull believers into the kingdom? He has to show them something. But the first thing he has to do, he'll show somebody your life. Remember when? How many, how many remember when? He'll show somebody and give a person a glimpse of your life before you gave your life to Christ. And look at you now. God is doing that not just because he wants to make you look good, but he wants to look good. He wants glory. And the one thing that we struggle with, saints, and I'm going to tell you the truth, we struggle. I got 22 minutes, but I'm going to finish it. Watch this. Watch this. He wants us to trust him. 
And I don't know about you, but I know we struggle in that area because it's got to make sense. Look at verse 7 of, 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 uh, of Proverbs 3. He says what? See, this is what our problem is. He said, don't be wise. What? In your own eyes. He says what? He says, he says what? But fear the Lord and what? Turn away from evil. Amen. See, because for some reason we think we can figure it out. How many of you been trying to figure it out? Come on, let me see. You've been trying to figure it out. Budgeting and Come on, somebody. You done tried to put it here. You done tried to put it there. You, you have all intentions of doing right, but you always find yourself on the losing end. Saints, I want to tell you something. It's time to get unstuck. And the only way to get unstuck, I believe, in this is to change our attitudes about it. Trusting God is one thing, but watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says in verse, verse 8. If you're not wise in your own eyes, if you fear the Lord. You know what that word fear has to do with? Reverence. It has to do with reverence. That every time I, God gives me something, I reverence him with it. Fear the Lord. Turn away from what? Evil, right? He says it will be what? like what? It will be what? Healing to your body. And what? Refreshment to your bones. Look at verse 9. Now, verse 9 is the key. So how do we do this? How do we get unstuck financially? Our attitude about giving has to change or we'll never see a way out. Amen. It has to change or we'll never see a way out. And oftentimes, a lot of us struggle with this. We str- Secretly, we struggle with it. I know what I got to do, but guess what? I struggle with it. Come on, let's tell the truth now. Amen. Tell the truth. Now watch this. You're here today because God wants you to hear this. Amen. You're like, man, I thought I came for this. But God wanted you to hear this today. As a matter of fact, God wants you to be free today. He wants you to be unstuck today. He wants you to be liberated today. Come on, somebody. He wants you to be set free. He wants you that if your future is going to be bright. I don't understand how people do things, right? Step out, make big moves, but they won't trust God with their finances. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Because here's what you're going to do. You're going to find yourself back to ground zero. Watch this. Watch this. Look what he says in verse verse 9. He says, honor the Lord. From where? I'm just trying to figure that out. I'm just like, honor the Lord with my wealth? I mean, I don't, I don't got no wealth. But you do. God's, there's a lot of ways you could honor God. And this is one of them. Have you ever thought about That's what's probably missing from your life right now. That possibly you're religious. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. You're relational. (laughs) I got a good relationship with Jesus. I I go to church. Come on, somebody. Now, when you you pull that card, I always ask, why are you you going to church? You going to church for him or you going for you? (laughs) 
Because <laughs> you should be doing it for you. Because <laughs> you're not doing it for me. Come on, y'all. Walk with me here. So don't make me work. Don't make me out. Don't put me out on the plank by myself today now. Come on, say amen. Don't get quiet on me, all right? He says, honor the Lord. That word honor. Let me tell you what the word honor means in the Hebrew. The word honor in the Hebrew means to make heavy. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? The word honor means to make him what? Heavy. So what he's saying is, don't make the money more heavier. Oh, come on, help me somebody. And oftentimes, that's what we do. We put more honor in our what? Wealth than we do what? God. God says you ought to switch allegiances. You know how you get it around payday. Amen. But, but, but here's how you do it. You ready? First thing is, you want to do, watch this. First thing is, always make giving a part of your worship. Don't ever come to church and not present it. Watch this. You, you lifted your hands in worship, right? How many lifted your hands in worship? How many clapped? But if you walk out of here without giving God something, have you really worshipped? You haven't had a complete worship until you have honored him with your wealth. God says, you want to prove how much you love me? That's why I'm saving giving for last day. Because I wanted to change your perspective about it. Listen, God doesn't need your money. I thought about this very hard. I, listen, it becomes the heaviest thing that you do during worship. Not, not your shout. Hallelujah to his holy name. Not, not, not your praise. But you, you are silently worshiping him and honoring him with your, with your wealth. Hallelujah to his holy name. And, and that word wealth means just that. What the word wealth means? Riches. Substance. A lot of people want to chuck God a deuce and think they've honored him. But listen, listen to this, listen to this. You have to change the value of your money and make the moment, amen, all about God. This moment that I have doing worship giving is all about who? God. Saints, I want to be unstuck. But here's what I found out. I'm stuck. I don't have the wealth because God knows he won't get no honor from it. So what you're experiencing and what some of us are experiencing is his grace that gives you just enough to live on week by week, month by month, paycheck to because we have not turned it into an act of what? Worship. Oh Lord, hallelujah to his whole name. Here's the thing. Make the moment meaningful. Make it memorable. Make it monumental. 
That every time you come into his presence and you worship him with your gifts, you say, God, I honor you with this. I worship you with this. And I give this from a heart that says, God, thank you. Do I have anybody? Can I ask you something? Can I ask you something really, really seriously? What can you really give God? Seriously. He says, honoring him with your wealth, come on somebody, shows that you really trust him. Because he begins with trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lead not to your own understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. So if you are managing, stewarding, biblically, when you come into his presence, you can worship him with it. Is that powerful? Is that powerful? Now, now he's not talking about giving it to the orphanage. He's not talking about giving it to the Red Cross. He's talking about bringing it before him. Lord Jesus. I, I wish I would have learned this early on in my, in my Christian journey. That he says, watch this, from your wealth means not from what you give. What, I'm sorry, what, not, not from what you have left over. Oh man, I'm getting there next. Oh, hold on. See, I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. See, I jumped ahead. Did I jump ahead? Yeah, I jumped ahead. All right. So what's the first point? What's the first point? Part of your worship. Part of your worship. All right? So, so, so here's how I prepare for worship. Here's how I do it. I always go by the ATM on the way to church. But when I come to church, I grab me an envelope. And I put it in there and I said, Lord, thank you for blessing me this week. Thank you for blessing my family. Thank you for all you've done. I know that anything I can give to you does not amount to nothing. But I worship you. I honor you with these gifts. Watch this. If God was not interested in that, what's up with Cain and Abel? <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Abel brought his best to God. Cain chucked a donation at God. The Bible says that God was pleased. Not only with Abel's offering, but also with Abel. Y'all with me? Watch this. I want to get unstuck, y'all. Watch this. Watch what he says next. He says in verse 2, he says, right? I'm sorry, same verse, B part. He says, and from the first of all, of all your what? Pro I know this is not a popular thing. Yeah, I, I read though. I, I read that. Watch this. You know, this is not popular preaching, but guess what? I love it, man, because it's liberating. Tell your neighbor it's liberating. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to leave here differently. I'm not going to leave here the same. I, I'm, I'm going to here, leave here free. But if you close your heart, if God can't get through the hardness, if God can't get through to that, you're going to have a problem. If you're like, man, he ain't talking about that. I already know somebody already said that. See. Watch what he said. <laughs> I'm just playing now. He said, he said, and from the what? From the first of all what? Your produce. The first. That's where we get the word choice. Thought about it. 
So God is saying, man, I don't want, now I need somebody to listen to me right here. Give me the next point. Now, you ready? You may be saying, come on, pastor. I want to be unstuck. But I can't give what I don't have. Come on and say amen. I can't afford this. Come on, say amen. I'm not preaching the prosperity of me. I'm not trying to give you a give. Keep your money, okay? Keep it. I just want to give you some information. I can't give what I, I I'm sorry, I'm going to give what I can. God knows my heart. Come on, say amen. That's the point exactly. God does know your heart. And here's what he knows is going on in your heart. You're not being truthful. You're not honoring him with it. Watch this. And if he doesn't get the best before taxes, before auto debit, Before you pay all your bills, it's not your best. What is the best? The first. What is the best? What is the best? What is the best? What is the best? What does the text say? From the first Then, boo, you didn't give your best. You may say, that is my best. I'm going to say the word of God said that ain't your best. Because your best after your bills is not your best. Do you wonder why you've been given and you haven't been blessed by your giving? Come on. I, be- I, I, have, I believe this. And I, and I put this, we put this out here in our church. If you tithe for 90 days faithfully from your first and God doesn't bless you, I'm going to give you all your money back. Every dime. I've had, I've had, I haven't had in 14 years one person, one person to come back and say to me, Pastor, I lost. I'm just saying, y'all. We're stuck in these financial ruts. Okay? And some of us, we're not, we're financially good. We're doing good, but you're not enjoying it. Because you argue all the time. You got more money to be more crazy. (laughs) Yeah, and to buy more crazy stuff. You got three of everything. And you're still not at peace. Turn your giving into something of worship. But give him what? Give him what? Your best. If you're stuck financially, look at your worship. But look at the quality. 
Stop getting stuck on a percentage. Tithing is not for today anyways. That's it. We're under grace. Let me tell you what grace means. Give it all. Oops. But I'm not going to give the waiter 15%. You know gratuity's got a raise, right? You know the waiter's got a raise, right? When's God going to get a raise? I'm going to sweat. I'm going to work hard. I, I got it. I'm, I'm going to work this thing, uh, Sister Eaton. I'm going to work this thing. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going to give him my what? My best. My best, Benny. My best. Like, yeah, well, I can't afford that, Pastor. You know, you know, when I look at the bills and I look at everything that comes on the table, I just can't afford all of that. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Seriously. You cash app God what you, what you want. Cash app God something that hurts. Ooh. That hurts you. That you got to say, I don't know what we're going to get money to pay this, but guess what? I'm trusting him. I'm trusting God's word. Not what pastor said to me, but I'm trusting his what? Word. I got four minutes. Watch this. Now see, now see, you ready for this? This is the good part of the message. Y'all finish out now. Right? Finish out. Watch this. Watch. <laughs> verse 10. Verse 10. Look at verse 10. Pass me something for my head yeah. Sweating there. They got me sweating today. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Look what he said next. Watch what he says. Now, 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 now you gotta catch this, right? You know what I love about the word of God? What is what I love about the word? Not this other stuff. What I love about the word. The word will tell you something to cut you. But it doesn't leave you there. See, This passage has to do with a principle and a promise. Verse 9 says what you got to do. Verse 10 says what God is going to do. Watch what it says. Now that you have given him your what? You've worshipped him with it. And you've given him your what? Best. Tell your neighbor there's a principle here. So you're what? Take the word barn, scratch it out, and put bank account. Because that's what barns were. That's what a barn is. All right? Not Wells Fargo, but, you know, Chase. (laughs) They be ripping people off and stuff. You know what I mean? Regions, you know what I mean? Um, Capital One, you know, all that, all those places, right? Watch this, watch this. He says, so your barns will be filled with what? When was the last time you had plenty? Now, let me explain what I mean by plenty real quick. You don't have to think about it, you just buy it. Plenty. And you know that when you go back, you see more. You're like, where did that come from? Plenty. Plenty, y'all. So here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do to change your worship. 
The next point is what? I always give you best. But always remember this. God will make good. That's where we fall short. Because when we give it, we're like, Dang, I don't know if I'm going to get it back. Man, I want to give it, but come on. How many of you struggle like that? How many of you struggle like that? Come on, you struggle like that. Man, you don't understand about these bills, Pastor. But I'm saying is, do you trust God? You don't want to tell on yourself. It's all right. Just wink your eye. I know it's you. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. This is where we, This the church is where you're supposed to become for real. Am I right? I believe that. I believe that we've been faking so long. You know what I mean? We, this is where you get to come clean. At least in the house of God. He says, so your barns will be your bank account. Oh, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. I, I said, I wish I had somebody. Why? 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 Don't you have plenty? Why? Come on. You should have plenty. You should have plenty. There's no way you should be missing out on that. Seriously. A lack of trust, not worshiping with your wealth, giving your best, and doubting his promises has you where you are. And we're going to change that. Notice, I didn't tell you give more to the church. I just said honor, worship. And God's part is your bank account will be filled with plenty. You know what plenty means? The Hebrew word for plenty. The Hebrew word for plenty means this. Satisfied. Satisfied. There's one thing to have plenty, but there's another thing to have plenty and you can't enjoy it. How many want to enjoy what you have? I'm serious. I mean, you really want to enjoy this thing. You know what I mean? I'm talking about this thing called life. I, I'm talking about I'm talking about a perfect situation where you and your spouse ain't arguing all the time, and Amen. You ain't getting into the whole lot of stuff at the job, and you wake up and you're like, man, you can sit in your backyard. And the other day, the other night, my wife and I we just sat in the backyard, and I was like, man, this feels amazing. Come on, and it's not because we we got billions of dollars, but we got plenty. We're satisfied. We're, we're content. We're not chasing waterfalls. Lord, I'm going to leave that. And I was going to sing that song, but I ain't going to sing that song. <laughs> Left eye. I ain't going to sing that song right there. What? All right. Can I ask you a question? And here's a question for you. And I want you to ask yourself this question today. Do you believe God's promises? Let me show you something. When God's people messed up in the Old Testament, God said, yeah, y'all messed up. I should annihilate y'all, but I made that promise to David. 
I made that promise to Abraham. And that promise to Abraham is what we're living right now. And do you not know that there are 7,637 promises that God has made not only to Abraham, Abraham, but to the believer. And if we were to just hold on to just one, here's one, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The context to that, watch this, the context to that is food, clothing, and shelter. So what you worried about? See, it's about trusting. It's about trusting God. It's about remembering, watch this, that God will keep his promise no matter, listen, God will keep his promise no matter how much we mess up. But here's what you got to do, though, on your part. You got to hold on to the promise, apply the promise, watch this, and as you apply the promise, you can call that promise back. Now, God, now, now, you said now, <laughs> trust you. Now, I'm not trying to pull a ticket on you, but I'm just saying, you said trust you. Can, can I tell you something, Sister Hunt and I, we've been through some stuff. And I want to tell you something, at the ninth hour, I'm talking about at the ninth hour, I'm talking about December 31st at 2 p.m. We need one more hour and we would have been in devastation. But at 1.50, come on somebody, God showed up and showed out. God made good on his promise, y'all. And what I'm saying to you today is you got to believe that God's promises is true and that God we serve, he's a promise keeper. Hey, he's a way maker. Come on, somebody. He's a miracle worker, y'all. And if you hold on to God's promise, his hands is unchanging. We serve a God that doesn't change. Do I have anybody? He doesn't change, y'all. But God knows that you and him, you got a problem with the money thing. He knows that. That's why he got you here today. And until your heart changes, how can you know what it's like to have plenty? Oh, hallelujah to his holy name. Can I tell you something? And when you have plenty, God's way, you'll give it all away. And you'll watch him bring it right back to you. Because that's how he works. He needs a channel. But you got to trust. Now watch this last thing I'm going to go. Now he says, and your what? Your vats. You know, you know, what, you know what the wine has to do with? Here, here, here's, here's what this piece has to do with. Back then, culturally, wine had to do with joy. And whenever a family had vats filled with wine, I'm talking about surplus, it meant that that family was blessed. So here's what I need to ask you. Is your joy cup filled today? Is your joy cup overflowing today? Because if it isn't, then you're not enjoying this life. You're just making it through this life. 
And I want to tell you something. Every now and then I need a little wine. I wish I had somebody. Every now and then I need a little joy in my life. Come on, somebody. Every now and then I need a little overflow. Come on, somebody. So my last point is this. Here's my last point. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can't dictate the outcome. I know what Trump's tax plan is doing to a lot of people, but I'm for the file mine with no fear. Amen. Yeah. I, because I know who's in what. Control. Everybody's scared. Oh, this is, I, I got to pick up a few other kids that ain't yours. How do you think God going to bless you when you claiming somebody else's child on your taxes? <laughs> Ouch, amen, or thank you. <laughs> watch this, watch this. He says, you, 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 know, you, know, you know, when he says, uh, your vats will overflow, you know what that overflow word means? It means your breakthrough. Somebody here need a breakthrough. Somebody here needs a breakthrough. And I'm talking about you need God to break through some things, not just financially. You need God to break through your attitude. Come on, somebody. You need to break through in your marriage. Break through with your children. Break through some things. Watch this at the job. But you got to know who's in what? In control. God's in control of both of them. The outcome and the overflow. You know, the story is told of a man, Mr. Yates, who owned a farm in Texas. In the Great Depression, he was having trouble keeping his farm. The bank came and told him, listen, you got 30 days to pay us back or we're going to foreclose on you. Within three, with three weeks left to go, a man came to Mr. Yates' door. He worked for an oil company. He asked Mr. Yates to give him a lease to drill on his farm for oil. Yates knew he was going to lose the farm anyway, so he decided, well, it couldn't hurt. Well, that oil company did drill. And boom, they hit, they hit gold. Black gold, that is. 82,000 barrels of oil a day. Yates immediately became a multi-billionaire. Three times over. Now, there's a question on the floor. Exactly when did Mr. Yates become a millionaire? Did Mr. Yates become a millionaire when the oil company struck? Or did Mr. Yates become a millionaire when he bought the farm? See, Mr. Yates was a millionaire the moment he purchased the farm, but he lived in poverty because he did not know what was underneath. What I'm trying to say to you is this. You can be living in overflow. You can be living as a millionaire. But you got to know who's underneath. You got to know that if you trust God with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. 
In all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Honor the Lord from your wealth. So that and the first of your produce. And your barns, your bank accounts will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow if you trust him. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.